shirt rips on the door frame to become a crop top. And I was like, well, hey, I'm Julia's right into it. I knew as soon as that happened, I was like, Julia probably loves that part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I got nothing against a crop top and a shorty short. Wink. Horror Movie Survival Guide is a weekly podcast where I, Gorehound Julia Marchesi, delves into my horror movie notebook to corrupt another one of my longtime chums, Terry Gamble, who is hiding in the creepy horror closet. My mission is to learn the gospel of horror movie survival and to incorporate Julia's wealth of wisdom to become a final girl disciple. Join us as we take a deep dive into everything from OG horror to newly released films, but preferably classics on VHS. We'll talk about obscure details that no one else notices. Spin off into alternate casting universes, crush on some dodgy, foxy fellows, and creepy uncles, and arm ourselves with the knowledge necessary to become the final girl. Dude. Bro. Let's talk about Dude Party, Party Massacre 3 <laughs> from 2015. I am Julia. And I'm Terry. Oh my gosh, Julia. I cannot believe we watched this movie. <laughs> okay. So the title of this episode is No Consequences in America. The tagline of this movie is Don't Let a Bro See It Alone. I like it. Uh, so written by, this might be the most written by credits we've had on a movie. Oh, it's uh, a lot. Here we go. Alec Owen, Ben Gigli, Brian Forenzi, John Salmon, Joey Scoma, Mike, Michael E. Peter, Michael Rousselet, Mike James, Timothy Chianzo, and Tom Jacobson. Oh, and directed by Tom Jacobson, Michael Rousselet, and Jan, John Salmon. So to me, I'm like, okay, so what this clearly is, is like an improv group or a sketch group that's gotten together and they've all together written this movie, which I felt of anybody in the world that can appreciate that, it's you, Terry Gamble. That's true. Yes. And, you know, I love a good improv. Yeah. Um, I'm a part of a couple of improvisational uh, comedy groups. And yeah, that's 100% what this is. It's just it's a really long sketch that it's got different layers and heightening and heightening and heightening. And some of the weirdest ideas that clearly came from workshopping or smoking too much weed, um, like people who are actually oranges just bags yeah. of oranges. Bags of oranges. Um, it's wacky. It goes it's all the over weirdest, the place. It's one of the weirdest things I've ever watched. And I've watched some things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that, you know, I think what I enjoy more than anything watching a film is, can I tell the people making it are having fun? And I feel like in this case, I can say absolutely these people are having fun because they're making a movie with their friends. Right. So I think that's very clear in this film that this was something that they all created together, which I enjoy. Um, there is a very long opening, which I will now read to you because this is yes, how we please. do it. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the film you're about to see was almost lost forever. All known copies were banned and destroyed under an executive order by President Reagan. The last known broadcast was at 4 a.m. on a public access show in Minneapolis, Minnesota. You would not be seeing the following images if it had not been for a local teenager who stayed up to record it on his VCR. So this Saved is by thing. VCR. This is the uh, thing, right? <laughs> I, I, that's like, I, I was waiting for that moment. I was just like, yes, the VCR. <laughs> VCR saved this video star. Um, but I feel like my, this is yeah. this has been a, a movie idea a lot of people that have talked about I've, I've talked to where the, you have this movie where it's just a, re a recorded VCR movie, right? So you're getting commercials, but you're getting everything cut off and sometimes you're missing scenes. And I think that that's 
a really fun idea. And I was not yeah, prepared of, for it. Of like Kyle Mooney's kind of like aesthetic, like sure. what he's doing with his Saturday morning show. Yes. Um, where it's like, okay, we want the whole show, but we want the full experience and that memory and nostalgia of like staying up at night, mm-hmm. recording the thing or like, you know, trying to, trying to get all that thing. I just remember doing that with like tape decks, trying to get the stuff without the DJ doing the intro or, you know, the yeah. commercials that mm-hmm. pop up in between. So I, I love that have, device. Mm-hmm. I still have my VHS bootleg uh, or like VCR like this of uh, Beetlejuice, the animated series, which I was a big fan of, uh, and Kids in the Hall. And uh, the Kids in the Hall one has a very excellent beer commercial that Sam Rockwell's in. So it's it's pretty I am coming sick. over. I want to watch that now. <laughs> that, you literally are speaking me language. I want to okay. see that. I want to see Sam Rockwell in a freaking commercial like that but i also love the kids in the hall more than anything yes. shout out to the kids shout out to my friend tavy who runs the kids in the hall uh social media i adore oh you goodness the best yeah and 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 julie klausner who's working with those guys like oh. the fucking superstar that she like is. she's an additional freaking kid like whatever oh like goodness. the coolest coolest mentions uh coolest, love that. coolest picks so we open on this movie uh we have uh, brock who is in therapy, who is played mm-hmm. by Alec Owen. And we have a, a woman therapist behind him looking quite sensual in a white she suit. She is and they hot. Keeps showing her mouth all nice. But you don't see her face really. You just see her hot, hot body. Yeah, you You're just see okay like a hot You're like, body. Eh, the face is there? Well, because obviously they're trying to hide who she is and her identity. Sure. So I was like, okay, like she's obviously a bad, like she's the bad place. Like I was like, we are in the bad places. She's like a bad person. Um and the way she's taking notes, she's not taking real notes like at the therapy session. Like she's only like interested in certain clues that he's giving her. And she's definitely mining him for information that's pertinent to her, not about him. So she's not a great therapist, but she does look smoking hot. And we have a recap of the first two party massacres because we as viewers have missed them because they don't exist. Uh, and they were, I mean, this is more back to back kills in like three minutes. And I was like, wow, look at him go. I was like, is they blowing their load at the beginning of this movie? Because it was just like so much kill, so much death and the fastest sequences I've ever seen of just a montage, a montage, if you will, of death. Um, Panty raid going back. Montage of death. Montage. Montage of death. Um, That's a lot lot of horror movies. That's kind of accurate. Yeah. Montage of death. Um, That's a name. Someone can use that for a movie. We'd love to see it. Um, You're welcome. And they talk about, you know, the Delta Bi is the name of the group, which I love. Delta Bi Theta, Delta Bi Genocide, um, Panty Raids Going Bad. Um, there's, I mean, everything from like Rubik's Cube guy dying um, to um, random cameo from Larry King talking about these, this raid. Uh, clearly someone phoned a friend, Donald Glover. Right. There's all these like really fun little cameos of like clearly some of these guys' friends popping in here. Um, yeah. It's really, it's really overwhelming as you, because you as a viewer just keep go, wow, it just keeps going, it just keeps going. Oh my God, they're just killing more people. Pretty fantastic. I was trying to take notes and I was like, I give up. I'm just going to watch the, enjoy the sequence and take a yeah. couple of highlights because it was sure. a lot, even like the puke and blood moment where a guy like pukes and like bleeds at the same time. I mean, you're getting everything mm-hmm. in the yeah, yeah. So first, first five minutes. Like, oh, oh, it's a five. It's a five for Gore right off the bat. So sorry if it's a spoiler for you kids, but there we are. It's a full so five. Yeah. The, the through line for these two party massacres is that we have this house mother who has been burned but came back to life as Motherface, as the sister. We find out. So we have this. Uh, now we learn about Brent. Brent Sharina, who is Brock's brother, also played by Alec Owen, and he was tragically killed by in in the last massacre so now yeah, his Brock brother even though it. even though he hates frats 
he has to go and now join this frat. We're going to, we are to investigate a death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to guarantee fuck up these names uh, throughout this episode. Cause it's, it's confusing. Brock and Brent Brock is the, but the guys do it the whole time. Brock is the one who dies at the beginning. And Brent no, no, is the no, new no. guy. No, no, I think you're wrong. Brock I think died. No, way. I'm a hundred percent right. Brock is dead at the very beginning. He's the first one up. Brock is the one. And Brent is the brother. Okay. Okay. Brent is the new one. Brent's gotcha. the one with the mole. Okay. Okay. See, here we are. Sorry about that. Already, already <laughs> confused. Uh, we, we, we meet. Uh, so he decides he's going to pledge Delta Bai and learn what happened to his brother. And we are going to meet his, his wheelchair sidekick. Nerd, Nedry. Sorry. Not, I was almost going to call him Nerdry because that's what they all call him. But, but Nedry, like from Jurassic Park. He's he's really playing it up. He's really going for like every Revenge of the 80s Nerds movie sidekick you could think of rolled into rolled into one uh one nerdy nerdy delightful package. So they decide to pledge. Uh, we should mention uh, that this is Greg Sestero, uh, who you all might know from uh, the, room. the Room, is in this movie. I, I I did not know he was in other movies, but good for him. He it's has Mark, you guys. Oh hi Mark. Oh hi Mark. <laughs> uh, he gives me. I got to be honest serial killer vibes because he's really beautiful and kind of Ken doll like on the outside, but there's nothing in his eyes. And I, I don't know who you are, man. Who, who, what's back there? Cause it doesn't look good. <laughs> oh yeah. It's very, but it's also great for this movie because you're not sure if these frat guys are good or bad. And mostly it seems like they're bad because a, they keep like doing these ridiculous pranks that we find out about in a little bit that are just like literally like, causing mayhem and, and murder for people like on like a large scale but also they just think it's all in fun and they don't get like how bad they are they're just like very idiots um and we also don't forget to mention we meet at the beginning early on too um right before we meet nedry as well um officer sminkle um mm-hmm. he is a yes. police officer that uh, is not really good at being a police officer or being a human or anything i think he yeah, has got his hands like a- up a prostitute's butt <laughs> looking for drugs and that's how we meet him so if you're wondering where this movie starts you at this is within the first 10 minutes of the film um he's got his hand up his butt yeah and uh he's kind of like your your dewey right your kind of stupid cop stand in for for the speaking of cops being uh not uh you know useful in these kind of situations in horror yeah. movies so uh we have this really uh, i thought was quite 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 funny gag where you have the subtitles reading because suddenly Derek's speaking French and it says uh help him trapped in a basement and forced to write subtitles and like okay <laughs> I like that it's kind of meta who is that we don't know I like it I think it's because this Some movie really like, has got a title the title of this movie yes it's really it's so good because they just kind of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks so then we meet uh Turbo which I gotta say this guy given a performance like he was like i am gonna take it to 13 guys i hope you're fucking ready and you're like whoa guy whoa go shout out to paul prado because he crushes it he's so crazy terry's laughing so hard i'm sorry i'm laughing so hard because he i was like what is going on i mean we've already met some of the other brothers and like each one it was like um a nesting doll of just like you pull it and then you're just like oh my gosh this one is is more wild than the last one like oh my goodness and he was kind of the last one we meet along the way like we've met some of the pledges this one kid who's vegetarian or vegan or whatever and they like won't let him join the frat because he's a vegetarian and they give they're gonna give him crap the whole movie about not eating meat and do a lot of 
puns and double entendre about him not getting beef inside of him and all this kind of stuff too. Um, And then when we meet Turbo, he literally rips like uh, the head or no, he doesn't rip the head off. Brent to prove that he is on his side to get him as an ally rips the head of a of a of a stuffed animal puppy. I will let you know it's not not animal cruelty in that moment, but a stuffed animal puppy to prove that he doesn't like puppies because Turbo's biggest fear is puppies. Like uh-huh. I'm sorry, but a villain whose biggest fear is puppies. Yeah. yeah. Dude bro, yeah. thank you. Goodness. Uh so they decide that they're going to go to the sorority house by the lake for Greek week. Uh and they're gonna spend it there because they've been suspended, so they cannot actually attend Greek Week at their school. They've been so suspended they- because of one of their stupid pranks. And one of their right. pranks that they were trying to do is they got the pledges drunk and, and Nedry and, and Brent uh Brett walked um up to um they misread the signs to the airport versus going to a radio station. They're supposed to go to the radio station to say that Dean Pepperston, what does she do? Eats um, eats farts. And so that was all they wanted to say. But they ended up getting onto the airplanes, like air traffic controller radio frequency and saying this. And they end up showing up to uh, the dean's office. And that's where she sends them away. But it turns out there might be something more nefarious underway. And she might be part of a bigger plan mm. to get these guys out there. And even we meet a dear friend of ours, maybe of the pod, yeah. uh, uh, Mr. Patton Oswald, um, who is an, also an officer, maybe also maybe head of a deeply satanic ritual cult. Maybe also wearing the coolest mustache I've ever seen him wear. Amazing. Gorgeous. I did not know he was in this movie. So he popped. Up, I was like, hey, <laughs> so excited. Um, and I, I, I texted him about it later. And he said his uh, he got to he was very excited later in the movie. He throws a cake. There's a cake against the wall. He was very excited to throw that cake. Like, Sometimes hey, you see one thing in the in the script and you're like, that you yeah. got me just so I could go and do that for the day, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And like, yes. Uh, we should also mention that Dean Pepperstone is played by Nina Hartley, who is a goddess of OG porn scene uh, and really uh, going into the, like, you know, v- very uh, matter-of-factly telling how sex works in a, in a very cool way. Uh, she had a bunch of 80s uh, VHS, you know, this is how That's we know so about hot. Of course she would be casting this. That's amazing. Yeah. And um, and she's like a fun hot cougar lady trying to hit on these kids too. And it's super fun. Her character's great. Um, so yeah, so we find out that maybe um that our that our officers have tried to set these kids up to go out to this lake house anyway. So it's all working, coming to coming together, working to plan. One of the guys though, too, Todd and his girlfriend Samantha, she loves him so much and she would like to have sex, and he is still a virgin. And as you know, in horror movies. Being a virgin is king, right? And so he's yeah, trying to maintain his virginity because he's like, I don't want to have to deal with it. He's like, I don't want to get pregnant. I don't want to have a kid. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, amazing. Um, also hilarious. <laughs> um, and she is trying so hard and she wants to be part of the part of the group because it turns out, I guess, her family was part of the um, fraternity. But because she's a girl, she can't pledge. It's just very like just very trying to get into this like fraternity any way she can. And they get so annoyed with her. Um but they but end like, up stealing but girls her. Can't can't join sororities, right? I mean, they can join. Right? Frater- they, yeah, it's sorority or fraternity. That's that's the whole deal. That's the whole deal. Just, is she, that you can't because she's a girl. But she's right? technically a legacy though, because her family was part of it, so she feels entitled in some part of it to be and feels connected to it, um, and keeps showing up all the time at the frat house, uninvited, unannounced. Um, With an but amazingly terrible wig, very very awesome. 
gorgeous Farrah Fawcett uh, so, wig. <laughs> so uh, officers Sminkle and uh, Budinger are sent out. Budinger is a lovely lady who's very on top of everything. And Sminkle, as we mentioned, is a complete imbecile. And it, so they end up telling him that he's going to go out uh, and bop the dude bros on the nose and tone them, turn him in the bags of oranges. There is a orange shortage and and now he needs to go save the oranges and he is well they need so vitamin dis- c and oranges so dim yep. that he that he buys it and just goes on out and you're so you know this is the thing of them just pushing every stereotype you have in horror movies to the extreme right he's so stupid he's like yeah bags of oranges totally understood yeah that's what my mission okay great mm-hmm. but really the mission is virgo sacrificiums they got to find a virgin to sacrifice and they uh-huh. figure sminkle is the biggest virgin so they're trying to get him out to this lake as well um, as part of this ritual um and they end up going out to this lake that they and they're one of their last pranks had actually created because they this place that was like parched town or whatever um ended up getting flooded based on one of their last pranks and so a bunch of people died like thousands of people died and so they come upon us they go to the to the cabin a man crying amongst some tombstones and um they end up making friends with him but he's like yes you destroyed my family but my business is booming i jokingly made a boat a paddling boat company and now people actually come and rent boats for me and so they hop in the boats and go on an adventure down the down the lake uh, he seems very crazy Ralph-esque to me, where he's very unhinged and uh, he gets very little screen time. But the screen time he does, you're like, oh, that man's not, not, not there. Yeah, so they have to leave Nedry behind because they don't have a handicap accessible boat. So they say, ah, it's just 20 miles down to this next place where I have a boat for you. So leave him behind. Everyone's like, see you later. Done. Gone. Oh, the ableism so sad and so but he's like and he has a little moment he talks to himself just about like old iron arms they don't understand and he gets like to have a moment where he gets to like rail about how terrible these guys are but he still wants to be a part of it um so yeah 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 so motherface shows up and is about to uh shoot patty with an arrow who is the gentleman who we saw crying uh and he right before she lets go of the bow he kills himself with a gun and she has the moment of like, oh, okay, don't don't gotta do that now, okay. And uh, we're back off. All right. Uh, so she, we we learn, we know now that Motherface is back. Uh, we have a fantastic cleaning montage to the song "Clean It Up, Clean It Up," which is just it's so great because as we know in horror movies, the songs always have to actually pertain to what that character is doing at that time. <laughs> so it's like, brilliant. Oh, so it's cleaning. a clean up song. It's like clean up, clean up, everybody everywhere. And so um, we also meet like one of the other brothers who's out at the house, uh, Ripstick. Who's played by the awesome Andrew WK? Rock on! <laughs> I was excited to see that cameo too. I was like, okay, this is already going to be extra. I'm guessing he probably did some music for them for this too. Um, super ridiculous. But we also, right before we meet him too, um, Schminkel uh, confesses that he has a really big vision and dream to bang kids. Um, by banging kids, he means he wants them to um, have like a light go off in their heads where they realize they love reading and love learning. Um, but he says it in the worst possible way. And dear God, that's a line that I, w- I would be okay if that part wasn't in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can skip that. That's not, I'm fine with that. So the lights go out because this is a horror movie and Derek t- volunteers to go out to the shed to change the fuse, even though he has a fear of it and he doesn't want to go out there, but he does. Uh, and he, he as he's going out the door, shirt rips on the door frame to become a crop top. And I was like, well, hey, 
Julia's right into it. I knew as soon as that happened, I was like, Julia probably loves that part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, I got nothing against a crop top and a shorty short. Wink. Uh, but of course, who is waiting for him in that shed? But our friend Motherface, who pushes his head into the fuse box and we get a little good firework spark, sparkle brain show. Yep, it's pretty bad. He's pretty he's gone, but the the lights come back on. So the guys are like, Oh, he did it, yay. And they just resume partying like nothing bad has happened, not realizing that him being electrocuted right outside. Um and we cut back to Candace and Sminkle. Um and they end up running over some dude um and saving a child um that is like you know being abused by his father and so they set him free and the um Schmickle gives him a, a copy of the grapes of wrath and sends him on his <laughs> merry way um, i like that touch that's like go be, be go be a hobo kid You'll be yeah he's right. like here you go read this like you're gonna be fine like it's gonna be better than dealing with that dad and so um we also cut back and we get a scene with um, the Sizzler and and this other the other the pledge. She was a, is a vegetarian and he's wearing a glory hole box. Um, mm-hmm. And they he won't let him take off the glory hole until he's um, has meat in him. So they want to put some beef in there. So uh, it's a whole whole moment. Uh, uh, so we, Candace and Smiggles car breaks down. So now they're trying to get to this lake house. Brent finds the clues board in, in the, the attic. attic. Just a, where's the clues? And that's like clue board. You're like, hey, clue board. It's like the full Charlie Day, like, you know, the string and the whole thing. Like it's all the stuff up there, you know, like the meme um, of, fi- of finding all the clues. But I and, like it. You're looking for yeah. clues. You're like, oh, there they are. Great. Yep. Perfect. I found the clues. Thank you. Found but he the clues. Also finds one of the other frat brothers who's was one of Brock's best friends who was like obsessed with him. Um, and he has been having a really hard time seeing Brent uh, because he thinks he's the same person because he can't like he has, you know, this lack of permanence kind of in his brain of who's who. And he's still kind of twanged about his losing his friend. And so he makes him like dance with him and, and talk with him like about a dance that they used to do together. And I was like, oh, they were really close brothers, these guys. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, they could do they were apparently could do the dirty dancing big swan lift. Uh, Brock could, but Brent sure couldn't. And so he ends up dropping him and killing him. And now he's dead. And now he doesn't know what to do with his body because he's up in the attic. And what is he going to tell everybody? And so he just kind of leaves. Uh, he does find on the clue board that the dead daughter of Motherface had a twin so hey that might come in handy later on the clue board lots of Um, twins here Mm -hmm. uh, one of the brothers uh, spike gets who's like the beer crazed one gets a beer tap to the head which was great all Uh, tapped out a really beautiful death this was probably one of my favorites because i've never seen that before and i was like i would have not even guessed and he was like, where's the tap? Where's the tap? And then she just puts it right in through his head and yeah. taps out his brains. Yeah, we have Motherface is head. one of the, Yes, she's one of those killers that has a little pun for every single one, which, to be honest, are my least favorite kind of killers. I, really, oh, I know. I don't need it. I don't I want to. But this is this is the movie that it is. And that's OK. Uh, you know, and so we have a. Uh, there's there's two guys who are in the frat who we don't ever really learn about there's like one of them who's in a turtleneck and one who's in a flannel shirt who are meant to be the like guys you don't really know about because they're the extra ones yep and so they're actually talking about rosencrantz and gildenstern are dead because like oh the characters it's not really about them though like they're on the side so like they makes you think that that there's some sort of alternate universe movie going on where it's about them because like they're the main characters in that movie if you will uh any Ro- Rosencrantz and Gildenstern are dead reference will give a big thumbs up for me. And if you haven't watched that movie or read that play, do it. 
very into it. I know I was like, oh, this is hilarious and meta, like watching this moment because that's all they're talking about whenever they cut to them in the movie is them talking about Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. So mm-hmm. good on them. And then continuing that motif as they get murdered and they're like, you guys don't even know who we are, do you? Like to, to the audience, basically, yeah. um, as, no, as they don't. are left for dead. <laughs> nope, we don't. And we care, but kind of don't. And so um, Sizzler gets ends up getting killed now too and this is a fun kill as well where he gets like ripped um and he's the one who's obsessed with documenting everything so he has a video camera with him and he has a video camera making sure it's angled on him as he's being murdered as well too and he's so gloriously happy about getting this shot the whole time and for those who haven't seen nope yet anyway just gonna (laughs) say that made me think about getting the impossible shot right sure but isn't that kind of the 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 mark of a true cameraman that even in the moments of their death they would put above the art above themselves uh so yeah sizzler and zq yeah and uh, so we did gloss over that todd and samantha do end up in the tent as well uh, oh yeah doing it the virginity is lost which means and as soon as he sticks it in the murder comes right behind him yep and, and he sticks gets it killed. to him but that's okay because he's he's done what she likes and now she's pregnant immediately she knows because this is how it works in this movie um C- C- uh, candace and uh spinkle get into a car accident and fly into the lake so they're just going on this like entirely it's it's like the cops in any of the horror movie right where they have this kind of parallel slightly comedic sideline b plot they're like i don't really care about this like get back get to back the, to the of other the stuff mm-hmm. but it's just a break in between the kills and so it's breaking before we get like yeah these amazing moments um where all the guys like are coming outside to that are still left um and they um, are out by the lake and they see uh, a, a sizzler uh, zip line because his body zip lines with just guts hanging that has been ripped apart. Um, so we get this little zip line death that we get to see, which is beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so his top half sinks uh, into the lake, which brings up the dead bodies from the flooded town. So now that they're in this lake filled with dead bodies, Brent ends up telling them that he's just there for clues. He lets them know that I'm not, I actually don't want to be in this brat. It was all a ploy. Uh, so they're all wounded by that. Uh, Samantha comes in and she keeps getting clocked by a bat over and over and just they just knock her out repeatedly. Uh, Samzy comes back, who what we thought was the dead guy in the attic, but it turns out that he just had a robot clone waiting in the attic if he needed one, and now the robot clone's dead. Um, so ridiculous. And then also Samantha goes through. Yeah, she. It's a pretty. I don't want to talk about her death, so we're not going to skip. We're going to skip that for me. Um, okay. But yeah, it's pretty pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out that through the course of things too, that Turbo is scared and uh, really worried and like concerned because he has a hairy baby dog dick, and that's why mm-hmm. we find out he doesn't like dogs. Um, so that is his big reveal. The um, conviction to which he yells this line repeatedly. Applause, sir. Hairy applause. baby dog dick. <laughs> just he is selling it selling it he's doing uh, it like it's shakespeare and you got to commend him yes. for that yeah like he's fucking henry the five stomping around on stage right like this is the same energy that he's giving uh <laughs> yeah uh, samzy ends up getting killed via video game as we mentioned samantha gets it uh really uh bad sizzler in the bathroom uh in, involving eating his own heart and intestines on the toilet uh, lured by rabbit food to his death uh, and uh, and goads Turbo to kill himself with puppies. 
he's yep. overwhelmed with puppies that they are his downfall. Yep, that's what, how it works. And we keep getting this motif, though, this whole movie of Ronald Reagan pictures in the background. Um, and I guess that's why Reagan said they couldn't have this movie out anymore because they have him in the background the whole time. And uh, every everywhere you go, there's Ronald Reagan. Yes, and for, for a moment, we really think Ronald Reagan is the killer. He's figured it out. It is Ronald Reagan. And it is. Or the school therapist is also the killer. So one or the other, you know, take your pick. Uh, <laughs> Nedry comes back. Uh, he is Trump. And I and as they wanted me to do, I totally forgot about him. Like I didn't even, I was like, oh, that guy. Like I just, you know, they want he you to his job. Him. Yeah, he you're did. supposed to. Because they gave him 20 miles to get there. So like he's got to go through the river in the woods. And he shows up like the king of animal husbandry that he now is. Um, he had, His family had been killed and eaten by wolves. But he has tamed these wolves along the way and has some animal pelts on him along with some animals that are with him. And like, they all like fly to him. Like he's like freaking Cinderella or something. Beastmaster. <laughs> did you watch that movie when you were a kid? Beastmaster? I'm sure little, I did. Little yeah. Ferrets. My brother. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember no. much about well it. Well-oiled muscly men. Uh, you know, what's not to like? So we think Nedry's going to come back and save them all, but he just immediately gets taken out with an axe to the face. So sorry. He gets killed but so fast when he shows up. I was so devastated. I was really hoping he was going to be the hero, but no, no, no dice. No. Even with that heroic entrance. It was great. They, they, they bring you up and then they tear you down. So yeah. Brock comes back as a ghost to help Brent succeed. So they have this, uh, meanwhile, Sminkle is being strapped to a pentagram because he is a virgin and they need his virginity for the sacrifice so that yep. whatever will happen that we want to happen. I'm not really clear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What I don't remember the mission anymore either. There was so much going along the way, but I was just like, whatever it is, it's yes, we're opening some sort of portal or some gate to hell or something's going on. But of course, uh, Candace, she was there to make sure that this happened, but at the last moment realized that she loves him. And so she saves his life by smashing him on top of this pentacle. And now he is saved. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Uh, so the end, the way to, to final boss, Motherface here at the end, is that all of the dead dude bros are going to enter Brent's body. And that is how he is going to win against Motherface, which yeah. he does. Yep. Stomps her to death. Yep. They were like, we're going to go through your butthole, basically. And I was like, that's where it comes back to a butthole again. Congratulations, guys. Hey. <laughs> uh, so they uh, we end with them going back to the police station. Uh, Patton goes to get the call from his devil worshiping superior and ends up exploding, which was excellently well done. Beautiful. And we find out that Candace is actually a bag of oranges. Bag of oranges. She gets so, boop snooted on her nosy poo from Spinkle and his 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 agreement that things were were as he thought they were and seemed where people were actually bags of oranges was not wrong. And the fact that we now go back and you get to see the whole movie where it really is just him in a bag of oranges the whole time uh, from so we, we she wasn't actually there ever at all. Um, so we've already said that this gore factor is uh, five run for the barf bag so we know that this movie delivers on the gore again in the first five minutes alone yep. 30 40 deaths i mean who can count but it's i think it's, it's probably true as if you took friday the 13th part five and six and like how many deaths are there in that mm -hmm. movie and then just multiply it because this is what this is you're ramping everything up yeah um, so would you like to give us some movie ratings oh sure. first how would we survive this movie oh my gosh 
I would say don't join Greek life. Yeah, don't That will save you a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in movie world, your life, usually. Yeah, in the movies, for sure, your life. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's an easy one. Yeah, that one was like probably the easiest we've ever had. Don't pledge, kids. (laughs) Even (laughs) if you want to get dirt on your dead twin brother, uh, use another. Yeah, find another way in. Find another way in. Um, Sweet. Uh, movie rating zero to five chainsaws. One, if you're desperate, two barely qualifies as a horror film. Three, seen worse, seen better. Four, not too shabby. Five, fantastical. I'm gonna give this a three. It's definitely a horror film. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give it that. Uh, this was wild, rollicking weirdness. If you're ready for a lot of a lot of kills really fast and furiously in the first few minutes, um, this movie's for you. If you're super stoned, it might be also for you. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, I gave it a four. I thought it was not too shabby. I actually really enjoyed myself. Uh, it was surprising in its uh, Terry is surprise. Uh, I'm she, floored right now because really? usually this is my shit. I'm usually like obsessed with like, especially with the punny thing, but I was just like, Oh man, some of these ooh, well, are even too bad thing, for me. Sure. But <laughs> this is the thing about it. I mean, I've seen enough improv or sketch shows to know that not every joke lands and not yeah. every joke's for you and that's okay because that's how you do it like nobody's gonna you know how many people laugh at the rosencrantz and gildenstern joke right that's in there for it's a for certain us. amount of people yeah sure so i think the fact that they threw evan to the wall and some things stick and some things don't and i think that's fine i think the gore was fun I, of course i loved the vhs taped tv format that was and the commercials me, in between right? were great sure. that was really fun and that was very julia i feel like too like seeing all that it little- is public accessy kind of like vibe in between like yeah. how the commercials were done and like the pizza ghoulie guy and like all the little fun little yeah definitely i guess my own way my only criticism would i would like to have seen more of the commercials honestly you know you yeah. get these kind they of cut them up really short mm-hmm. five ten second kind of clips and they were kind of fun i would have liked to have seen more um but i thought i thought it was fun uh everybody was as we mentioned having a really good time together and that's really what sells a horror comedy to me and it does kind of deliver on both right it is no doubt a horror movie, but also quite funny. Yep. No doubt a comedy for sure. Um, sweet. Um, that was super so, fun, Julia. Yeah. Are you ready to move to a completely different time period and country and genre now? Out of 2015, like we did for our last couple movies? Yeah, I would love to go back in time. Let's do it. Okay. So this movie is, I have never seen, we, we have both never seen this film. Yeah. Uh, it is the debut film by uh, a classic horror director, Mr. Dario Argento. This is his debut film with one of the best titles of any film ever, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. Goddamn, that's a good title. Uh, and then this next movie is The Four Flies on Gray Velvet. Jesus, you're killing me with these titles. They're so good. So this is, a, <laughs> this is, this is the giallo that started out uh, his whole career. So we're the one that started it all. Yeah. How can Starting I not a have trend. seen it? That makes no sense to me, Julia. So I'm so glad we're rectifying that now. Join us, you all, on the journey. Um, if you would love to talk with us about if you've watched Dude Bro Massacre, um, what you think about it, let us know. We're on the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, at our Patreon. If you'd love to support this independent show that we lovingly put together each week for you all, um, Teespring, all that good stuff. Um, join us next week for The Bird with the crystal plumage. Damn, such a good title. Right? Very good title. Thank you for listening. Horror Movie Survival Guide is independently produced by Terry Gamble, Julia Marchesi, and Sierra Ryan. Hey, that's me. If you would like to support the show, find us on patreon.com slash horror movie survival guide.